This is Sirius FM on 105.7 Broadcasting in the East Rand Well, that time of the morning where you join us on uh, Yes, a quick fire Q&A with uh, Mufti Brian Smith On the platform of Sirius FM uh, Farm Eam Studio uh, Broadcasting here in Ikuruleni To an over 120, 120 countries Across the globe, looking fresh, looking good, looking uh, healthy, wealthy, and wise. Our very own uh, Mufti Brahim Smurti Brahim, uh, Mufti Brahim Smurti. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And tell me, how are you doing this fine, beautiful Jumma morning? Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Shabbat Yusuf and all our listeners out there. Yes, indeed, something wonderful, you know, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is taking our voice. Uh, Shafat to over 120 countries. So that also is a blessing and fadl from Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That people is us, you know, that we're so able, uh, to serve the ummah. We're so able to impart knowledge. And there's many, many people who will benefit from this, inshallah. Ji. Absolutely. As I said, it's a favor from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to, you know, even get the voices, uh, being, uh, broadcast to 120 countries, uh, Across the globe simultaneously here in uh, Junubi Africa. While the question's coming through, this one says, Assalamu alaikum, Mufti and Shaf. Uh, some people say the first uh, few days of Safar uh, month uh, brings bad luck. Is this correct, Mufti? Uh, Shafat, it's an incorrect belief, you know, that is a corrupted belief. It is a belief like how the pagans had uh, uh, during the time of Rasulullah wasallam. They also believe that suffer is a bad month. There's Muslims also that believe suffer is a bad month. You cannot uh, embark on a new business venture. You cannot get married in the month of suffer. And you have the first few days of the month of suffer brings bad luck and calamities, etc. So all of that is incorrect. Rasulullah, he uh, abolished all of this uh, superstitions that people had. Uh, during his lifetime, you know, by saying that Wala Safra, there is no calamities, there is no punishment, there is no this and that, that people associate with the month of Safar. Safar is also called the Safar al-Khair, the month of a good expelling all that uh, superstitions and corrupt beliefs. So we shouldn't fall trapped to that, you know, that is associated with pagan superstition and pagan beliefs. We believe that it is a month from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this month can bring as much good as any other Islamic month. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, please ask uh, Mufti, how can one uh, convince a youngster to remove a tattoo from his chest? He has a Liverpool ch- tattoo on his chest. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but you see the youngsters now, they've been captured, you know, by these uh, soccer uh, stars and these uh, celebrities. So uh, they also want to show that they are part of the clan. So we should remember that those tattoos that will burn in the fire of Jahannam, a person will be punished for that in the grave also because the body is in amanat. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave it as a trust uh, to us and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants it back in the condition that he has given it to us. So we will be answerable for whatever uh, things we create on our bodies, be it a tattoo, you know, be it a picture, anything else, inscription, uh, all those things. It is haram, Rasulullah is actually cursed uh, the person that is uh, drawing the tattoo and the person that is receiving the tattoo. So both of them are cursed on the blessed lips of Rasulullah cursed here, meaning that they will be far removed from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if a person has done that, then uh, you should go, you know, they have laser treatment 
laser treatment therapy that they have available in removing. It's a two-stage uh, process. Uh, the first, they will remove about uh, 50% of that. And then secondly, they will remove the balance of that. And then you can go for skin grafting also uh, to heal up that patch, inshallah. So we encourage uh, those people who are sitting and walking around with tattoos that they can go and remove it, G. Well, Mufti Sahib, uh, good advice coming through there. And alhamdulillah, well, you know, tattooing, not on. Assalamu uh, alaikum, Mufti Sahib. When purchasing a car, is it mandatory to take out uh, insurance? What is the ruling? If it is uh, mandatory to take out insurance uh, that you cannot... Uh have the car released, you know, then you will have to take out that insurance. The sin will not be upon you. It will be upon those people who are enforcing this rule or this law. So what you do then is you take out the minimum insurance and then you have it lapsed after one month. That is only to have your car released. Do not keep that insurance, you know. In cases where it is not mandatory or compulsory for you to take out any insurance policy, when you purchase a car, then you do not have to engage in this insurance policy because all types of commercial insurance is haram because it contains elements of gambling, elements of usury, which is interest and a harm also in the process. You know, that one day you'll submit a claim and they will tell you you have to pay three, four, five thousand that in excess on top of that, despite having paid uh, so many premiums over a certain period of time. So that is the harm that it contains also, G. Is the income of a person who lied on his CV halal, Mufti? You know that lying is a sin and lying is not correct, you know, by any standards. So you shouldn't lie if you uh, want to uh, get a specific job or if apply for a certain position. That be honest, and inshallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will put barakah uh, in that. But in the unfortunate event that a person has told a lie, so uh, then uh, his halal, his income will still be considered halal, you know, but the person should make istighfar. If you are qualified for the job, then no problem. Don't lie and tell the people that you have the necessary experience, you know. But uh, nevertheless, Shavad, your income will be considered halal. Uh, Mufti, uh, can a person eat uh, vegetarian food uh, cooked by a non-Muslim? If we are sure that the ingredients used in a vegetarian dish, uh, sometimes they will add beef stock or they will add something, you know, some different type of stock, etc. So that one needs to ascertain first. So if a person has eaten or uh, eating from a, a, a dish uh, that has been prepared by a non-Muslim a vegetarian dish in this case, then it will be permissible. The food will be considered no problem. Uh, the problem is when there is a... Meat, uh, etc., that uh, comes from unknown sources that we do not know of. That is where the problem arises, Shafat, and there we should exercise caution. Assalamu alaikum, Mufti. My wife's sister lives with her mother who used to work in a bank in the stock exchange department and she receives a pension. Is the pension money okay to use, uh, Mufti? That pension money will be considered a gift from a former employee, you know, so uh, based on that, uh, the pension money will be okay, it is permissible, it is halal uh, for her to use, they can stop it at any time uh, if they decide one day that uh, there's no more funds, etc. So as long as it comes, uh, you can enjoy it, inshallah, G. Uh, Mufti Saab, uh, is one allowed to pluck out his grey hair? Grey hair will be a noor on the day of Qiyamah, respected listeners. That grey hair that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us, that will be a special light on the darkness of the day of Qiyamah. So ulama, they consider, most ulama consider it makro reprehensive, you know, 
uh, detestable to pluck out uh, those uh, gray hairs unless it is for a medical uh, reason. Uh, but if it is done for beautification and adornment purposes, then one should refrain from plucking out uh, those gray hairs. Shafaat, rather keep it uh, that way, inshallah, so that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can elevate a person's rank in the year after G. Yeah, I know how you elevate my rank, Mufti. <laughs> Allah bless you. <laughs> oh, bye for you. Hey, you remember that time what you told me? Yeah, you told me a lot of lovely nasiya you gave me. <laughs> hey, when you coming, we're going to meet again. Does a missing three Jumwa uh, render a person a murtad, Mufti? A murtad is a person who actually uh, voluntarily exits Islam, you know, either by rejecting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or he feels just one day that this religion is not for him, or he converts to any other religion voluntarily. So that person is regarded as a murtad. A person who misses three uh, Jumu'ah salah, that person becomes a sinner. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, according to the hadith, places a seal on uh, that person's heart, so no good will enter that heart. We shouldn't take it lightly uh, just to uh, abstain from attending a Jumu'ah. We should try our utmost to go, you know, and go early also, uh, even if we have to ask for special a concession from our bosses, our people that are employing us, we should ask them, you know, and attend Juma by all means because it is the only day of the week we will get Nasiha and all these beautiful advisors are shafat. But a person who misses it, he does not become a murtad, he's still a Muslim, but he is considered as a sinner, a fasik. Mufti, what is the difference between Deen and Mazab? Beautiful question, Shafat. So sometimes people get confused, you know. So deen is what the Anbiya, alayhi salatu salam, brought to the masses, brought to uh, their people, brought to their qawm. So that is uh, the Tawheed. Believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, believe in the Malaika, all those things collectively, that is called deen. Uh, mazab or mazaib, the plural, is those laws that are deduced and extracted from the Qur'an, the first a primary resource or the hadith, the second primary resource uh, by our ulama, our imam mujtahideen, those people uh, in the first three generations. So all those laws are formulated and then compiled. That is called uh, the madahib or the schools of thought is how we know it and how we follow it. So this is the difference between the two, that uh, the madahib also comes from the sources which are agreed upon, which is your Quran, your hadith, uh, your ijma. And of course, your kiyas, your analogical uh, deductions, you know, ijma means there where the ummah is agreed upon all those things. Uh, so yes, basically, that is the difference between the two G. Uh, Mufti Saab, I work for a company in purchasing uh, department and ha- I have uh, formed uh, good relationships with these suppliers. And because of these relations, uh, relationships, I get a greater discount on items. If I buy from them uh, with the discount for a company in which my brother and I are partners and I sell to the company for which I work, is that permissible or not? Uh, did you get the gist there, Mufti? Yes, yes. Uh, these people, because of their personal relationship uh, with uh, the company they they purchasing from, they get uh, gifts. But that is not, uh, or discounts in, uh, for that matter, but that is not, uh, that uh, discount is not extended to the company that they work for. So they're basically acting as a middleman. Uh, in securing uh, those discounts. So it is permissible then to resell those articles or resell those items that you purchase for a little bit higher, you know, for a price 
or for some profit it is permissible, there is no harm in there because you're acting as a middleman, as an agent. But uh, the thing that we have to note here is uh, that you have to uh, tell these people, you know, that uh, you're acting on behalf of yourself. Uh, you have to tell the company that you work for that you are acting as agents, as buyers on behalf of yourself, and you are applying uh, these uh, profit margins. So there should be some sort of uh, transparency in that as well because the companies employed you to work for them and now you're acting as a middle uh, man, as a middle agent here. So the profit will be considered halal based on your transparency with them, G. Uh, Mufti Saab, is it a sunnah to give a lecture at the graveyard when uh, burying the deceased? We should hasten when burying our deceased. That is the actual uh, sunnah shafat. That is uh, the moment the person is passed away, passed on, the person became deceased, you know, then hasten with his uh, body to the burial uh, site. But uh, there's no harm if uh, the imam gives a uh, few uh, uh, words after the burial procedure, gives a little bit of nasiha, you know, because that is where you get all the people, remind them of the year after, remind them that they will have to follow this path soon also that they will also die. So no need to give a long bombastic, uh, bombastic bayan, bombastic lecture, you know. Get done with the burial procedure, procedure and uh, address the people for a few minutes. There's no harm in that also, G. Yeah, you know, uh, people have to go back to work to be, uh, yeah, remember that. Yeah. Is there any specific time uh, when it is a makru to read the Quran? The only specific times when it is makru to read the glorious Quran is when a person is in an impure state, when a person is in janabat or when females have their uh, menstrual periods, etc., you know. And then also sometimes uh, the places that we find ourselves in where there's music being played around, where people are making a noise, etc., you know, places like that we should avoid reading uh, the glorious Quran. A reading should be when we have our private moment, our private corner sitting in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Those are good times times for reading the glorious Quran. We should afford the same respect for the recitation as we, re- as we afford the Shafat for the actual book that we're reading, G. Uh, Mufti Saab, what is the ruling on receiving disability grants? That is also a gift from the government. If the government has designated for you that you will receive a monthly stipend from them, which is called a disability grant, like how they do with foster children, or what uh, some other support structures, then you have the right to accept it. You have the right to reject it also. But it is not considered haram. It is not considered a makro detestable also, irrespective of where the sources of the funds from the government come from. It will be considered as hiba, as a gift from the government to you, G. Yes, sir, Mufti Saab. Some people read Quran when the imam is giving a bayan. What's your thoughts? Yeah, no, so that time uh, you should listen to the advice of the imam. Uh, especially uh, during Juma, you know, uh, when the imam gives the khutbah, then the malaika rolls up uh, their scrolls also, and they listen attentively to the khutbah. So uh, we should emulate them. There will be times, and there are certain times you can read Quran. Come to the masjid a little bit earlier, especially now on Friday. Read your surah kaf, uh, before the adhan goes off, and then sit, uh, make your surah and sit and listen attentively to the khutbah. Yeah, when Mufti Ibrahim Smith gives his khutbah, or he gives his bayan, and say, yeah, yellow slap, no. Wakar, war, wakar, war. Come, 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 come close now. Come close. I, I have a loud voice, Shafat. Hardly you find people sleeping in a masjid bar. <laughs> you mark them wakar. Even the rabbits, hey, they don't sleep. They jump around the uh, mosque when, when you're giving your juma. Gee, the whole, the, the scarf skull comes, uh, comes alive, uh, Mufti Saab. Can we, uh, can we attend uh, lectures by Yasmin Mughahed? Hey, Mughahed. 
<laughs> uh, surname is spelled like that, but it actually is uh, Mujahid uh, because uh, she is of uh, Egyptian uh, origin, uh, staying in the United States, you know, in America. So that is my whole uh, bayan today. My whole Juma topic is about all these modernist and uh, feminist uh, figures and other uh, deviants coming to South Africa to grace our shows and mislead our people. So uh, in a nutshell, in very, very short answer, it is not permissible to listen uh, to her lectures. You know, there's uh, absolutely nothing for you to benefit from there. People who, who openly violate the laws of hijab and niqab, etc. So uh, today, inshallah, I will... Uh, uh, be giving that uh, Juma lecture regarding her and other people who also came to South Africa. G. Well, you got me, got me thinking. You said Egyptian, eh? You say, yeah, Shafad. Let's go for Humma, Humma, Humma. <laughs> they don't say Juma. <laughs> now I got it. Hey, Yusuf, hey. Yusuf, come, let's go for Humma. Yeah, hey, we got the Egyptian brew. You say, hey, come, come, Mufti Ibrahim Smith. And, uh, we will go for Humma, Humma. Hey. <laughs> I know them. Uh, can we have a chip implant in our pets uh, for registration purposes, Mufti Saab? Yes, it's permissible. Normally, the pedigree pets, they have a microchip implanted in them that contains their uh, whole pedigree lineage and uh, their date of birth and all the, the, the pets' uh, medical information. So it is easy to retrieve the the, the uh, uh, animal when it uh, gets lost, you know, so it's permissible, gee. Mufti, okay. you can see your questions are flying here, flying here. This one says, Assalamu alaikum. If I miss the kutbah but catch the Jummah Salah, is my Salah accepted? Yes, your Salah is accepted even if you get the Imam in the last uh, raka'ah uh, as he goes down into Ruku and you also meet him in Ruku, then you have met your Jummah Salah. There's no need for you to repeat your Salah to Jummah Ji. Mufti Sahaba, can a person go for Umrah if he has outstanding debts? If the person made arrangements with those people that he owes money, uh, then he can go for Umrah. You know, he can go and perform his Umrah. No harm, uh, no problem in that. But we normally encourage the people that first uh, settle your debts because you'll be answerable in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for those uh, debts uh, that you have uh, incurred uh, that is between you and another human being. So uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will deal with you on the day of judgment. You know, if you have the means, pay your debts first and then you go for Umrah ji. Uh, Mufti Saab, I'm Elani and I'm uh, thinking of going for Umrah, but uh, Mufti Saab, I'm scared of MBS. He's putting imams in jail. I wonder what he'll do to me. I'm a bubble coast work. Mufti, <laughs> how do you respond to that? <laughs> Shafat, you, uh, that uh, MBS, you know, he jailed it one imam. Then uh, last week also he jailed a woman for 34 years. And yesterday he jailed a woman for 45 years. It spoke out against him on Twitter. This lady jailed yesterday. She has a PhD. She is a professor in one of the Saudi universities in the Department of Literature and, and Fine Arts, you know. So because of her comments that uh, she posted on Twitter, she was jailed 45 years. So you can imagine what they'll do to me for me speaking out, you know. But nevertheless, I've been there just about a month and a half ago. So a person should go. Don't be scared of them. He's clamping down and cracking down on his own people. He'll be a little bit scared to crack down on the international community. I think that uh, you will face a lot of criticism uh, from there. You can check the news. You'll see in the last two weeks, two ladies were jailed 34 and 45 years respectively just for comments on Twitter. G. Yeah. Twitter, tweet. I don't know. I didn't say anything, Mufti. I'm just leaving it to the people. Now, uh, Mufti Saab, 
absolutely brilliant. And uh, perhaps uh, your parting words uh, this morning. Allah, Allah, Allah protect us, Shabbat. Allah protect the Ummah. You know, there's a lot of zulam happening uh, in the Ummah today that hardly people will speak out about these injustices. But we should always raise our voices and we should fight that, that human rights be implemented in these uh, tyrannical uh, governments. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make easy. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to our Mufti Ibrahim Smith. Absolutely, mashallah, morning with you. And jazakallah khair to all of you for sending in all those uh, lovely questions. And uh, yes, uh, really keep us on the toes and keep Mufti just like that, mashallah, giving uh, the answers off the cuff. Uh, Yusuf Asmal, brilliant engineering as usual, really like your company on the Breakfast Club. And uh, people, keep it locked on uh, to Sirius FM for beautiful programming. There are lovely nashids interspersed. And alhamdulillah, we'll be going into the spiritual hour where the 40 Daruds will be played out. And inshallah, Mufti A.K. Hussain will be giving us the uh, translation of the Juma Kudba from the Holy Lands. Uh, from the team and I, till we meet you again, we bid you. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.